also, Joe, my Portuguese friend, you know that June 1st is uh, is um, Azores Day, or as the Portuguese would call it, you call this Dia dos Azores. And the difference between that and St. Patrick's Day? What? Everyone wants to be Irish on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> and here I thought you were doing real research. <laughs> Looking up Day of Azores. I'm like, what the fuck is Which this? Which is June 1st. I, 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 I right. expect a big show. Timely. Big, a big show. Oh, but then you tied it in with the... And then I tied it in with the... With the, with the, with the drunk day. Right. Yes. Exactly. Hi, everybody. This is Jacques. I'm Joe, and welcome to Carnival Personnel. Man, do we have a lineup ready for you. We do. First, we haven't said in a while, uh, nobody cares, but you can follow Joe on, on the Twitter at OptiGrabber. And at Carnival Podcast, also on Facebook at uh, Facebook.com slash Carnival Podcast. Um, Look at you with the plugs. There's been a, well, actually, you know, there's been a couple comments as of lately, you know. Both of them from the same person. Maybe not glowing comments, (laughs) but there's been comments nonetheless. Uh, Big, a big week for Joe. Uh, last week we talked at length and rightfully so about Weird Al Yankovic and, and um, Emo Phillips show. And this week he breaks some ground, makes some history. <laughs> yep, with his new single, um, Hamilton Polka, which is a polka medley of all of your favorite songs from the musical Hamilton, uh, debuted at number, I think, 23 on the digital top 100. Which for Billboard, which I think is the first time a polka song ever cracked the top 100, uh, or de- in in their debut. You know, there might have been a couple of stragglers that you know debuted below the 100 that eventually made it to number one, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. But congratulations to uh, Weird Al and all Weird Al fans like Joe who have helped to make polka and music history. I, I, I said it like it's two things like polka and music history yeah, versus just saying music history. <laughs> yeah, right. It's but it's um, one of those songs that I can't really fully appreciate because I haven't seen Hamilton. I haven't listened to the soundtrack enough, but the Hamilton polka... You know, is a it's a Weird Al song, so I have to listen to it, and it's it's funny and legally obligated to like it. No, right, exactly. There's a long term contract I had to sign. Um, but what made me enjoy it even more was watching Lin Manuel Miranda's reaction, who um, wrote Hamilton, and Jimmy Fallon's reaction, who I guess is just best friends with everybody. Um, listen to the uh, the debut of the album, and they videotaped their you know, physical reactions, and that that made me happy. You know, sometimes in this cynical world, I can find a, a gleam of, of genuine just happiness in, in people, and I think Jimmy Fallon sort of does that. You know, I, I kind of forgive him for tussling Donald Trump's hair. No. I kind of forgive him. But you know what? It's not, you have to forgive those who have harmed you, because otherwise, you're only harming yourself, Jacques. Uh, what you, what do they say? Uh, forgive, don't forget. Right. So it is, uh, you know, um, St. Patrick's Day. And I will honestly say I, I played on a hockey team uh, in L.A. for a few years called Poke Mahone, which is Polka ga- Mahone, Poke Mahone, oh. which is Gaelic for kiss my ass. Yeah. And the jerseys were the Irish flag. Everybody had a Mick in front of their name. So it was McGrice, McMaster, you know, McLebert. 
Very funny. Uh, not really sure what St. Patrick's Day is. I, I've only grown up in Boston, you know, used to celebrate St. Patrick's Day or used to have a reason to drink that much. <laughs> uh, something about chasing snakes out of Ireland, but I don't really know the significance of it. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like the way the Irish, I mean, the Italians celebrate um, Columbus Day. Um, actually, no, it's nothing like the way the yeah. Italians celebrate Columbus Day. How that about was Cinco a, de Mayo? Yes, ex- yes, very good. The 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 Mexican, it's not even Mexican independent. Is it Mexican Independence Day? No, it, it's uh, it's drink like your Irish Day in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I think it translates to uh, St. Patrick's Day in in Spanish, Cinco de Mayo. But yeah, you're right. St. Patrick's Day doesn't have any. Actually, it has the opposite effect on our household because my management. Um, despise the St. Patrick because, you know, the driving the snakes was actually, you know, the Catholics driving the Wiccans or, you know, what, the original Gaelic people, or, you know, the, that religion out of Ireland. Oh. Yeah, so that's what, that was an allegory for driving out the old religion of Ireland and bringing in the new an improved Ireland. The which, Inquisition. <laughs> Let's begin. I can't talk them out of anything. <laughs> oh, so on other happy news, we will move on. I don't know if he is Irish, but uh, J- Joe has not heard who Jason Triplett is, but he uh, was the man in the Elsa dress whose video of him pushing a stuck-in-snow Boston paddy wagon out of the snow the other day. Oh. Uh, you, you didn't see this clip? No, I don't have Elsa videos on my YouTube feed like so, you did. No, it, when, it was all over Twitter. Oh, it was everything. So this guy, you know, he's a tall guy, you know, and you see him. He's full-on. It's during the, it's during the latest snowstorm. Not right. the one in which I broke my foot. The one after I broke my foot. Three in 12 days. And uh, and he was walking around. He and his buddies were bar hot. And he thought it'd be hilarious to bar hop dressed fully on Elsa. And there's a paddy wagon that literally is stuck in a snowbank. And instead of his buddy helping him push it out, he thought, wouldn't this be great to to take a video? And it it is. If, If you look it up, just put like... You know, El- Elsa, you know, Patty Elsa Snow. Elsa Snow. Oh, wait, no, wait, that's... <laughs> it, it, but, it, but it was, and it was one of those stories that, like, you know, here's a guy, it, it, look, is he, is he cosplaying? Is he being funny? Is he, you know, gay? Don't know, doesn't matter. He saw, you know, somebody in trouble and help, and he's like, yeah, I've pushed out, you know, I've, I'm from Baton Rouge, but he's lived in Boston for, like, 15 years. He's like, I've pushed a thousand cars out of snow, because I didn't think about it, but the video's hilarious. He's trying to push, he's trying to push it, and then he has to, like, hike up his skirt to get, like, more leverage to push it out, and it was a, it was a very funny video. It was very nice, and it's like, you know, it's one of those things now, where did he keep like, pushing it, or did he let it go? Oh, he pushed it. He pushed did it real he, good. <laughs> did he keep pushing it, or did he let it go? <laughs> see, see, you went the you went the uh, uh, the frozen route, yes. which is the way to have gone. Right, right. I went the salt and pepper way. Uh, which uh, yes, it's never the wrong way to no, go. No, but not not as appropriate. Yes. So, so yeah. So you know, w- with the shit storm that is the world, uh, I want to start off with a couple of those good things and uh, talking about outings. I doubt I can talk you into the big outing that AMC Theater is having over marathon of all the Marvel movies leading up to the uh, um, Avengers. Ab- the new the new Avengers. Now wait a second. I see on your paper here it says May third. 
I thought it got bumped up to April 27th. Or am I wrong? Oh, well, you know what? Maybe maybe you're right. They have moved up for a week, but AMC hasn't changed their website. Maybe they haven't updated that. Yeah, I don't want you showing up a week after its premiere. Exactly. But uh, 31 hours of Marvel magic. Wow. That's um, pathetic. That is a lot of time to spend in front of the movie screen. Are there going to be um, bathroom breaks, or are they going? Yeah, to yeah, be... it's called Thor Two. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I liked Thor Two: The Dark World. I liked it very, very much. It was, you, know, you know, you've seen all the movies, so you know. So you, I can go pee now. I, I can drift off during this. Is, is our friend Sam in town? Is, can he make the, the the trek with you? I believe he could. That would be, and he's he's young enough to be able to stay up thirty one hours. <laughs> he's young enough to be appropriate to go to one of these outings. You know, what are you saying? What see what I mean there is, you're old, man. But so okay, well that's gonna be a fun time. I mean, how many hours do you think you're gonna go? Are you gonna try, are you gonna be like, you know, first in line? And I, then... I would if 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 I can move the pieces around the board to do it, I would do it. I would just power through it. I mean, I I, I really think I could do it. Do they have a ramp? <laughs> my let's see that's even april yeah so i would no i would probably be in a walking boot or out of this by now and what a way to celebrate right. finally being able to walk sitting, sitting down for 31 <laughs> hours um oh, so, so i i was recovering i was at you know the parents house last night and it's funny i was doing show rundown and it's 9.30 at night, and my dad came down, and Joe's smirking because he's waiting for the punchline. And I'm literally working, and I'm telling my dad basically how Joe and I do the show. And, you know, uh, he was stunned because MSNBC was on, and he wasn't aware he got that channel. You know, <laughs> it was an O&E. Was or, he trying to, like, figure out how to put a parental block? Right, there? right. Um, and and, and it, was, it was weird because he was, like, watching facts. And I was explaining... How, yeah, it's so frustrating because usually on a Thursday, I do the sheet and I'll send it to Joe and Joe might make some corrections or, you know, things that will happen. But by the time from Thursday to Friday, it's outdated. By the time we record Saturday, it's outdated. And then by the time it airs Monday at midnight, it might as well be a World War II broadcast. <laughs> we might as well be telling people about VJ Day. Uh, and, 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 he, and he was like, yeah, the news really changed. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's just a real pain in the ass. Just as I say that, the news breaks in that, that McCabe got fired. Yep. Andrew McCabe? You're fired. Yeah, you're fired. He was uh, FBI deputy director. I mean, this is a guy who's a 21-year, you know, and, and he's been singled out by by Blotus, and, and he's been telling Session to fire him, and there was some internal investigation that wasn't concluded yet or whatever. What's great is Jeff Session re releases a tweet saying he didn't uphold the standards we expect all employees to, you know, hold, like, um, accountability, honor, and integrity. It's like, okay, so Jeff Session's was put up for federal judgeship 15 years ago. And because of his racist past, couldn't pass the, the, it was like 2003, 2004. It was a GOP House and Senate back then. He couldn't get approved because he was that much of a racist back then. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Is he the same, you know, Keebler elf that had to recuse himself from the Russian investigation because he was caught perjuring himself four different times about, oh, I never met with Russians. Oh, I met those Russians, but I didn't meet other Russians. Okay, I met those Russians, but I didn't talk about that. Okay, I met those Russians, and I didn't talk about that, but I didn't give him a reach around, you uh -huh. know. Uh, but for him to come out, and, and, and the shitty thing is, like, McCabe was less than 48 hours away from retiring, 
and if he gets fired, and I don't know the whole thing, but I guess he loses his like lifetime pension. Yeah, he was working for twenty one years with he's and he's a lifelong Republican. Let's not forget that. Like he's not like some liberal, you know, snowflakey kind of guy. And what is Mueller? Um, I believe he's a Republican. And Comey. Uh, he was a Republican. Okay, all I right, think he okay. still is a Republican. Okay, all these sons of bitches are. Yeah, okay, just all right, all right. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he was two, literally two days away from retirement. Ten and, o'clock at night. Yeah, and he gets fired over a tweet, and um, yeah, and, and it's not unlike what happened prior in the Trump administration. You were originally before that bird news broke on Friday. Right. You were originally going to talk about Rex Tillerson getting fired. Who, who, who again? You know, was was in the bathroom. <laughs> And when he saw on Twitter, he had just been fired. Yeah. Like flying back from his African trip. I think it was in Africa where he talked about that. It's really weird that the day he was fired, he came out very harshly against Putin directly and sanctions because um, the UK, Theresa May, had just, you know, spoke in the House of Parliament in England about we are under attack. This is an act of war. And, you know, we are taking actions against, you know, Putin and his regime. And Rex Tillerson came out and said, yeah, you know, he, the, no no one said the Article 5 and the NATO treaty where, you know, you attack one, you attack them all. But they both came up pretty close to the line. And, and this is the harshest anybody in the administration has said directly, yes, Russia did this horrible thing. They used chemical weapons in a civilian setting. Um, they're assassinating people on foreign soil. You know, we're not going to put up with it, period, the end. Lo and behold, just a few hours later, he gets fired via tweet from and, – and, the, and, then, and then the whole – you know, it's a whole thing where like, you know, John Kelly had said, oh, we didn't know anything about Porter beating his wives, although we were told since day one from the FBI he can't get it. And, and, and you know, John Kelly's trying to protect Trump saying, oh, I tried to call him, but I didn't get a hold of him. You know, uh-huh. it's like beforehand. You fired – the Secretary of State, like the whole world found out before he did. As it should be in the Trump administration. Well, that's how, that's how Comey had found out. Yeah, it's a pattern. Um, but what are you going to do? You know, it's nobody's safe. John Kelly's on the, on the, on the bubble kind uh, of. Um, it, ben Carson, another. Well, well, it was funny because it's, it's 8, 8.30. It's, it's 8 o'clock, it's 7.30, somewhere around that time. Eastern Daylight Time. Eastern Daylight Time. And it, was, it wasn't, I'm, I'm trying to run down the list. It wasn't McCabe. It was, um, da, 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 I can't even think of the guys now, uh, Homeland Security guy, um, McMaster. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and the word was, and, and a big report came out on Thursday. It was Thursday night that um, Washington broke. Washington Post had broken that 15 different people in the White House had said he's getting fired today. He's getting fired tonight. And Huckleberry uh, Sanders comes out, you know, about 10 o'clock and releases a tweet saying no one's getting fired. He has a great relationship with Blotus. Um, and there's no big shakeup coming. And then Kelly, uh, Friday afternoon, had a big staff meeting and said – all the reports of chaos and all the reports of people getting fired and all the reports of cleaning house are fake news. It's not happening. Everybody relax. Go home and have a good weekend. Uh, McCabe, not so fast. <laughs> yeah, like Honestly, after spending 24 hours saying, no, it's stable. There's no – nobody's leaving. Everything fine. Uh, Leslie Nielsen with the fireworks going off behind him. Nothing to see here. <laughs> As Rome is burning, you know, Caesar's screaming to the masses. But if you notice that all of their responses officially are – 
There are no firings. There's nothing happening now, current, presently. As of this second, nobody is fired. Right. Close the doors. Okay, everybody's fired. <laughs> and, and 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 seriously, the chaos. And then, of course, you have and, and again, it's it's not it's not Democrats. It's not the liberal media. It's not Joe and I screaming in his basement uh, to each other and no one else. <laughs> and Richard. Uh, and Richard. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, Richard. And uh, but but what it is is you had. Like, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Like, the, the youngest, most decorated, like, four-star general came out yesterday, and he said, it's like, you know, bloat is, is harming the United States. I mean, he, you have the and, – and it's one of those things. It's and he like, was reluctant to say that. He was I'll look reluctant. up his name. Right. And he – but he held – he did not hold back. He, he, he flat out said that he is completely dangerous to our democracy and way of life. And it's going to be really interesting to see if, you know, Donnie Two Scoop says anything about this guy because uh, a decorated war hero, a couple purple hearts, a couple silver stars, you know, a four-star general, four de- three or four deployments. Um, and he's saying it. And then you have other past, you know, heads of the FBI coming out and saying, this is really awful. Uh, and, you know, one, one former FBI agent said, you will not destroy America. America will survive you. You will, and I'm trying to think of the exact quote. It's like, you will be remembered in the dustpin of America as like, you know, being the worst, but America will survive you. Yeah, that's, uh, hopefully there will be an America left to, su- to survive Trump. But um, retired General Barry McCaffrey did the tweet that said, quote, reluctantly, I have concluded that President Trump is a serious threat to U.S. national security. He's refusing to protect vital U.S. interests from active Russian attacks. It is apparent that he is, for some unknown reason, under the sway of Mr. Putin. End quote. And, and you know, these, these sanctions that, that, you know, Huckleberry Sanders announces that we're going to go into effect are not the sanctions that the Senate and the House passed five months ago. And yes, they are sanctions. And yes, she is right. They are the harshest sanctions they've implemented against Russia. But it it equates to less than a slap on the wrist. So it's not hard to have, like, you know, the hardest sanctions. Like, look— I am the second smartest guy in the podcast right now, <laughs> like, and, and that's a fact, you know. And it's like, so I can brag about that, but it, it, you know, it's not. Look, if you're homeschooling your kid and he's valedictorian, it's nothing to make a bumper <laughs> sticker out of. Uh, but he, but he's still not saying anything about Putin, and he's not saying anything about the oligarchs. He's not going after the money. He's not going after where it hurts. Um, And it is. It's just – but on the other hand, on the other hand, the great grift continues. And, you know, you had like, you know – um, you know, the cabinet members Sinky this week under heavy fire and scrutiny because, it, you know, it came out he's been taking private jets, which he was quick to release a statement. They were propeller planes. (laughs) It's like – all right, Sir Douchelot, I get it. But if we're going to play the semantic games, and, and you had already mentioned it, it's like you went to, you went from draining the swamp to like bringing the most infestive people in here. You've already had two two or three people lose their jobs because of taking private planes. Um, what's his face? Uh, 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 Treasury Secretary uh, oh, Mnuchin. Mnuchin yeah. He's he's been flying around on military planes, which. 
you know, it's one thing if you rent a, and I've had to be in situations where you rent private planes, you can get a private plane from here to San Francisco for about 25 grand. A military plane is about 25 grand an hour. He has spent millions of dollars flying around on military planes. Then you have, you know, other people like, you know, taking trips to Wimbledon and all this. Ben Carson ordering a $31,000 table for his office. Yeah. Right. And uh, he insisted upon ordering the furniture, apparently, because, you know, it, it came out that his, uh, the person in charge of ordering the furniture knew about the the caps and went and pushed back on Carson and said, look, we're actually over our our limit here as far as expenditures go. And he insisted, and you know, they I like, got did the person get fired or left? I forget. Yeah. But then apparently, Ben Carson denied that he knew anything about the furniture uh, cost ahead of time until they dug into some emails in which he and his wife were kind of basically, I guess, shopping for this said furniture, and it came up, and it's so it's like it's obvious he knew about it ahead of time. Um, yeah. I mean, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out that he's ripping off the country. I mean, yeah, yes, we're splitting hairs. You know, yes, you know, there are worse things and there are much larger grifts, as Jacques has told uh, in many podcasts prior. But it's just a, a microcosm of what's going on. And, and but, but, you know, it'd be okay if this wasn't the same people who go out of their way to slice, you know, and dice males on wheels. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's like, oh, we can't afford that program, but you can afford I mean, what what Mnuchin alone spends on military flights in the calendar year 2017 eclipses with what the federal government had spent on meals on wheels. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, so one guy, private flights, feed thousands of like shut in elderly people. Yeah, no, sure, that's the that's the way to go. Um and now, and now, another thing that just came out since we put this rundown together is poor Donnie Jr. and his wife getting a divorce, um, which now it turns out it's like it might have been happening for a while. Uh, maybe all those pictures where she really looks miserable. Maybe she realized, oh, my God, I'm married to one of the worst people on the planet. But uh, it also the kind of divorce that they filed from, it looks like because the Trump and, and, and why did McCabe really get fired? Why is he going crazy this week? Because it turned out that Mueller crossed the red line um, that Trump had set last year. Looking into his personal finances and his business finances would be a red line. And it came out Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday that, yes, the Trump – Corporation or the Trump, you know, I almost said organization. Yeah, yeah. I almost said universities. <laughs> How'd <laughs> that work out? <laughs> yeah, that's all a part of the umbrella corporation. Um, but they had their finances have been subpoenaed and they are part of the Russian investigation at this point. And by them, the way that they're divorcing, it uh, could be a way for him to quickly move assets. Oh, we're going to get divorced, quick divorce, 50 50. You go take this money to the Cayman Islands. Maybe we get back together when I'm done shooting an elephant on my next trip. Yep. And, and, and look, I would not stoop to saying I hope the next elephant he shoots is a Republican. But, you know, if uh, – anyways. Elephants can be Republicans too. Yes, they can. And can pitch. See, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing in the rule book that says an elephant can't pitch. Oh, thank you. Thank you for grounding it. But before you blow the Trump whistle, which I'm uh, shining right now. I, I, I think I uh, I sent you the <gasps> sent you the tweet from All Star Tommy last week. It's like when Joe said he's blowing the Trump whistle, he's not fucking around because I guess I had talked past the Trump whistle <laughs> last week, which was respect a, my authority. <laughs> you will 
which was a red line for me to go past. So, so are are, are we done with the the great? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of Trump Russia stormy. There's a lot of there's well, a lot well, of words well, well, on this well, paper. We're round out the stormy thing. The interesting thing about that is. She has already sat down and done her 60-minute interview, which mm-hmm. isn't scheduled to air this Sunday, but next Sunday right. with Anderson Cooper. Um, Cittolino is going completely nuts, and now they're trying to move the case to federal court We're in California, where, lo and behold, he has just appointed a bunch of federal judges. Wow. Uh, All of a sudden, he's interested in California. In California, right. So um, she, she she's a resident. He's a resident of New York and Washington. She's a resident of Texas. Sure, let's move the trial to <laughs> the nice, yeah. And, and saying, but here's the great thing, and whether it was an oversight, because last time it was, oh, he didn't sign the non-disclosure. This time, his name is on the paperwork to you know to to sue her, and they're going to try to sue her for twenty million dollars. That's like each time she's talked to a media outlet, you know, a million dollars, like yeah, all that. But he put his name on it, which at the end of the day, it's like, why are you suing somebody <coughs> for something you never did? Like if there's nothing here to shut her up from, uh-huh. why are you working? It just ties to- her up in court and keeps him, keeps her out of the uh, out of the media. I think tying her up is hey what got him in this. So so honestly, uh, in three, two, I don't count down my Trump whistle. That's supposed right, to be a surprise right. to everybody. Uh, so by the time we record this podcast next week, unfortunately, I will not be able to be part of it, but the boys and management are going to do the walk in Boston. Oh, great. Fantastic. You mean you can't rent a wheelchair for the day? I probably could, but getting, you know, and oh, I... Oh, by the way, you won't, like, I'm stopping myself here because I'm realizing that even if you had a wheelchair, you couldn't get around in Boston next week because it's going to be covered in another three feet of snow. Now you'll know the plight of the handicapped. <laughs> Shovel your sidewalks. But yeah, that's another thing. When I, by the way, yeah, here's a little tip. If you if you are responsible for clearing your pathway, make sure it's wide enough for somebody who has to use a wheelchair to get, you know, all the way to the curb. And then, like, if there's a ramp there, fucking shovel the ramp. That's right. I said it. No, God I'm going bl- out on a limb. God bless you because you know, like I said, like last weekend, you know, my, my I, I can't go out. My here's my neighbor just came over and snowplowed our entire driveway. Right. You know. I mean. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that does that does throw a wrinkle in it. But if the, that storms Tuesday through Thursday. I said Tuesday through Thursday for all the California fucks. Yes, storm from Tuesday to Thursday, which would be the fourth storm in twenty days. Yeah. So what do you want? I mean. I knew we we were jinxing ourselves, and I don't believe in jinxes until they happen. But you know, we had this mild winter in New England, and everybody was talking about, "Well, we had such a mild winter here." And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, not so fast. Yeah, hold my beer, said Earth. <laughs> oh man! Um, but yeah, another footnote about the march against gun violence. Um, you mentioned sixty minutes is not going to have the Stormy Daniels interview this week. Um, actually, last week because it's here because this episode is Monday. Let's do the time warp again. <laughs> it's just a step to the left. Right. Okay. So when you hear this, the Stormy Daniels interview will be next week on sixty minutes. But yesterday, you would have seen, of course, because you watch sixty minutes all the time, that the uh, Emma Gonzalez and David Hogg and um, a bunch of other the other kids from Parkland are being interviewed. Uh, for 60 minutes and and we've been saying this since the shooting that you know we're hoping this time is different and it really has been and 
the kids the kids are all right <laughs> but seriously when you when you think about it when you do the history and you realize that like you know um um Martin Luther King started marching and organizing marches at 21 years old i mean you know Malcolm X was in his late teens like early 20s when he became So they were leader. late bloomers they compared to They were late bloomers kids. and 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 what is what is just what is just so amazing is um it's how history is repeating itself the backlash that like the GOP is giving these kids and when you hear some of the venom being said about it and like you know talking about like Gonzalez's sexuality and her and her shaved head it's like what oh, right. does that have to do with her not can, she doesn't want to get shot she doesn't want machine guns like all over the place how does you know that have anything to do with it? you're just trying to be show everybody that you're a huge douchebag congratulations you win <laughs> and it's not like she's just you know a snowflake from you know, the so, some part of the world where, you know, she sees these atrocities going on in another part of the country and decides to step in and do something about it. She knew the people who were murdered. You know, she the, these are these are people who are directly affected. You know, that's like, you know, us as Americans after 9-11, second 9-11 reference of this podcast, not caring about, you know, not wanting to do anything or complaining about 9-11 after having to go, you know, you know, well, you know, you're just, you know, you're just rabble-rousing and you're just wanting to start trouble. No, no, we, something happened to us and we're pissed and we want to do something about it. That's what these kids are doing. They're reacting directly to something that affected, affected their lives, has changed a lot. You, you think when Emma Gonzalez went to high school, she wanted to, she went in there to, and, and, and on her yearbook it said, I want to be an uh, anti-gun, you know, advocate because, you know, I witnessed, you know, so how many How many uh, kids? 17. 17 kids. See, I'm sorry to forget the number, and that's wrong. I knew it was 17, but I, I stuttered there. Um, and that, with my uh, a good point um, about this, about these kids being on television and this march happening all over the, uh, the country on, um, on the 24th is that this keeps the gun violence and the, and the gun control talk in the news cycle you know people complain that oh we're just going to forget about it and then the next shooting is going to happen and then you know it's just going to repeat itself this is the non-violent way in order to keep the gun control dialogue going and when these people tell these kids to shut the fuck up just consider the source consider where the loudest voices of shut the fuck up kids is coming from it they're coming from the republicans they're coming from politicians and, and they're coming from you know, uh, people who are being heavily influenced by powerful organizations such as our friends, the NRA. So consider the source. Consider who, and if you're one of those people who don't, you know, aren't in the pocket of the NRA and is telling the kids to shut the fuck up, you may want to look at yourself in the mirror and say, why am I saying this? What is this, uh, what is it about these kids that frightens me? Why am I afraid of these kids talking about taking awful, awful things like assault rifles out of the hands of kids and all Americans, really. Like, what is... What is yeah, can, can we start with the kids? Can we just say... Can, can you meet us halfway and say, okay, we won't let assault rifles in the hands of anybody before 21. We can't even get that right. well, you know, and, from that side. And well, they're starting to in Florida, as we talked right, about right. last week, which I also called out as a shitty stopgap because it's going to make Republicans look fine. It's going to make them look not fine and dandy. So when the next election comes around, they'll be like, oh, see, we, we were, you know, we're not all hard line. We're not, you know, in the pockets of the NRA. Uh, you know, we, we, we can make concessions of some sort when it comes to gun control, um, which is... Great, but we this needs to happen, and this needs to continue to happen. Um, and we're not the people to do it, unfortunately. You and I, we have no power to do this because nobody listens. 
I mean, not to discount Richard, not to discount Biff and All-Star Tommy. You're all fine people. You're our people. We love you. Um, but, you know, we need people like like Emma Gonzalez and David Hogg and, 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 and I, all these other kids. And I love the TV. fact that the kids aren't – I mean, two, two of my favorite clips that I saw this week, you, you saw lots of walkouts all over the country. Then there was a couple walkouts where, uh, you know, her name is Rose hmm, – blanking on the last note. I think she was in New Jersey – one girl, she just walked out. One kid. I saw there was a, a, a one like teenage boy in like North Carolina. He was, like, and, 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 he's like, and he's you know videotaping himself. He's like, I'm literally the only person to walk out of my school. And God, I mean, it's, it's, congratulations, kudo, and thank you to all the kids who walked out. But the kids who walked out, where there was one kid and you did it, you have more balls and and did something braver than I've done in my 48 years here. And I and I mean that. And it's like you know, and. And the fact that a couple of them got suspended and stuff. Um, I've read stories where there were kids, like I think in an Alabama school, that were, as they were walking out, they weren't, it wasn't like a wholesale walkout. You know, it wasn't one of these inclusive schools that supported the students. They were being heckled and ridiculed by the teachers and the faculty as they were walking out. This is in America. I mean, granted, freedom of speech and all that bullshit, great. But you know these are the pe- these are who you're 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 deciding to target. Like this is the demographic that you're going to eviscerate. You know this is this is going to be your claim to fame. Is that when the, in the annals of history you're going to be proud to tell your grandchildren? Yes, I yelled at kids walking out of school to protest gun violence in America. I was one of those people. Children, you know, if if you don't want to watch uh, a history documentary. But you watch Forrest Gump, and you see George McGovern and the people blocking the school. You know, and, and, and again, my, my ignorance. Uh, you know, I apologize for the girl who you know won the court case to go to the school. Right, Brown. Do you no, yeah Brown versus Brown the versus? Do you want to be one of those assholes standing on the sideline? Yelling at that little girl going to school with a Johnny Unitas haircut and the thick glasses, you know, like those, you know, I, I mean, that's what, super Republican. That's who you. Tracks. That's who you are. Like when you watch this footage, if you're from you know Mobile and you see like the hoses being turned on, you know the marchers. Are you like that was my granddad? He was a great American hero. He was keeping them color folks in place. By the way, those kid, those people who were being hosed down in in, in Birmingham and all that, that those were teenagers, right? You know, they were the same age as these Parkland kids. And, and 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 they did it. Like they, I mean, look, we, we we got a long way to go. But you know, if you told if you told those kids in Mobile or, or you know the bridge in Selma, you know that they walked across. Hey, in your lifetime, you're going to see a black president. You know, you wouldn't believe. You probably wouldn't have believed it. And we, you know. Boy, once we had a black president, did we find out how much further we had to go? <laughs> and hopefully, in thirty and forty years, you, these kids will be looking back and telling their kids, "Yeah, when I grew up, like assault rifles were like everywhere. Like they were literally everywhere." Wow, really? Can you imagine? I mean, you know, right? Like, you know, the fact that we're aspiring to be Australia. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Mel, yeah. you know, they yes, they have Mel Gibson, but they also have Chris Hemsworth. So you know, <laughs> a little, little give a day, yeah. Uh, but I am, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm bummed. And you know what? You're right because I do have one of those knee scooters. Maybe I can go next. Next Saturday, if it happens. But I, I'm very proud that, you know, that my boys want to go. They, there's, we don't shield them from these things. You know, there's a difference between indoctrinating, which maybe there's a line I'm crossing there. Mm. But I don't change the news when this stuff is on. I listen to the news radio. I listen to, you know, podcasts, you know, like ours, but with 
smart and more informed people and, and they hear all this stuff and they understand what it's about. Like, look, the oldest one understood, you know, I don't think he really understands in context what Nazis are, but he understood like there were bad people who wanted to tell, you know, say awful things that we're not saying they don't have a right to say it. We're saying we're, we're choosing not to listen or we're choosing to drown you out with saying yeah. peaceful things versus hateful things so so all those kids who are doing it ser- ser- seriously it's one thing when i watch a football game and, and my hero is uh like somebody like julian edelman who's like 20 years younger than me and i'm wearing his jersey a little pathetic agreed <laughs> and now i i i the these 16 year olds these 14 year olds some of them 18 year olds they are truly heroes and so far it hasn't gone away and it, and you know, with 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 Martin Luther King and some other people who've come in the past, they didn't have social media. What they did have the power of television, and television was covering it, and that's why we have all this footage. But these kids' voices aren't being squashed. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can't you can't squash them. So there you go. So, Keep it up. So uh, you want to move on to the next thing, or do you want to do a defunct sponsor before we get back into the uh, yucks? Um, yeah, why don't we do a, a defunct sponsor? And this week's defunct sponsor is special. Um, I don't know if you heard. I don't know if you listen to the news. I don't know if you get all of your news from our podcast. If you do, shame on you. Um, Toys R Us has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, which means that they are officially closing their doors. Uh, it could be this week. It could be next week. Who knows? It could be one of those things where they just literally shutter the doors on all their stores and um, without warning. So um, in honor of Toys R Us, um, I myself... And I think Jacques as well, being Toys R Us kids. Were you a Toys R Us kid? I was. You know who else who was a Toys R Us kid? Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> w- w- does a great rendition of the Toys R Us. If there oh, was only he? a way to hear that before the commercial. Um, well, let me see. Let me go to the internet. Let me. Hey Siri. Um, oh, my real Siri turned on. Crap. Um, play Gilbert Gottfried singing. The Toys R Us theme song. All right. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. There's lots of toys at Toys R Us that I could play with. From bikes to trains to video games. It's the biggest toy store there is. Oh, I don't want to grow up. Because if I did, I couldn't be a Toys R Us kid. More games, more toys. Oh, boy. I couldn't be a Toys R Us kid. And now our defunct sponsor. <laughs> I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. They got a million toys and Toys R Us that I can play with. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. They got the best for so much as you really flip your lid. From bike to train to video So, uh, once again, in a segment I like to call, How Can I Be a Misogynistic Bastard When I Pay Attention to Women in Comedy History on my Fledgling Podcast. Part three. Part three. Uh, And uh, do do you have anyone before I dive in here? Uh, No, I mean, uh, I don't think um, women are funny. (laughs) Uh, That's my Jerry, by the way. And I wish... Who's your favorite female comic? I have to say, um, 
Paul Lynn. <laughs> Which, seriously, I, every holiday, I will always hope that there's a secret Paul Lynn. <laughs> uh, Paul, Paul, Paul Lynn, VJ uh, uh, Day. <laughs> what, what was some of the other ones? Visit VJ Day. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I don't know where we're going with this. But, but St. Patrick's. Anyways, yeah, getting, let's get back to women. Getting back to women. In the history of comedy. Yeah. Uh, Mabel Normand. She already funny. I'm already laughing. That's a you, funny name. Not only was she uh, one of the one of the more famous um, actresses of of the silent era, uh, she was also a, a writer and director who had written and directed a bunch of Chaplin, you know, movies mm. and stuff like that. So she was she had a a great twenty year career. And, and you think about that. You think how hard it is, you know, I mean, it was a big deal last year that, you know, Wonder Woman was directed by a woman and stuff like that. This is a hundred years before that. And she is writing movies for, when you think of like the biggest stars now, um, uh, there wasn't a bigger time in their own day than Chaplin was. And she was writing, directing, and starring in movies, you know, with the likes of him. Uh, she was also a longtime collaborator with uh, Fatty Arbuckle. Um, sadly, she was also a witness for Fatty Arbuckle in his awful, 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 absolutely awful um you know, the demise of his career being falsely accused. Mm. Uh, but yeah, but she she directed, you know, she wrote and directed and starred, you know, in dozens and dozens of movies in the in the golden age of uh the silver screen. Yeah, I'm just looking her up on Wikipedia, obviously. Um, I mean we all know who Mabel Norman is, so I didn't have to, you know, get into the weeds of who <laughs> well, she is and in, what she's in about. Los, in Los Angeles, one of the things that I used to love to do, like before kids, I would go once every two or three months and then even after them, about once or twice a year, the last fully functioning original silent movie theater wow. is, is right there in Fairfax. And I would go on a regular basis, and they would always have like different festivals, you know, for this actor or for that actress and stuff like that. Yeah, and she she was like like I said, I mean, when you see her face, I mean, it's like, and, and you go back, it's like, oh my god, like, you know, you you just have seen her in so many, like I said, like you know, Chaplin and and you know other movies at the time. I mean, honestly, f there was a there was a ten year period of time where there wasn't. Two bigger people, you know. I, I mean, what 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 Dean Martin and, and Jerry Lewis were in the fifties, you know, early sixties. You know, Chaplin and Fatty Arbuckle were. You know, is it the aughts like like the zeros? Yes. You know, through the teens, and again to have you know you know this pioneering woman who wrote, directed, and then she ended up like opening her own studios. Um, I think there was a couple of Chaplin. You know, before Chaplin opened his own studios, she had. Open a studio that you know produced a bunch of those movies as well. Um, she died early, you know, like a lot of people. I think like influenza. I'm reading she died of uh, tuberculosis. Tuberculosis, and uh, she was 37 years old. Yeah, but but I don't know if it says how many movies she wrote, how many she directed and starred in. But I mean, and, and back then, it, you know. People, you know, you know, people cranked out movies back then like porn people do now. It's like, <laughs> oh, in a four-year career, she did two hundred and three <laughs> movies, and then movies back then where I think were ten minutes long. So right, right. But I mean, again, it's like you know, I mean, w was it was it easier or harder to make like ten minutes of film back then? Like the planning and the cost, and yeah, there was no special effects. Just the uh, just the logistics of getting a camera and film and incorporating that together was a feat. 
in and of itself. I mean, you didn't have like the lighting that you did now, studios, a lot of, so many, I mean, that's the reason why Hollywood became Hollywood is most things were shot outside and exteriors and stuff like that. Um, and, and, the, and, the, and, you know, the only special effects you had, if you wanted film to look fast or look slow for things to speed up because he couldn't change the speed of projectors, you would literally just crank it through either faster or slower. I mean, it's amazing the things that you had to plan as a director for, you know, stuff back then. And again, I've one of the things I've always liked about the silent movies, you had to say so much more without any words, without dialogues. It's like, yeah, you would have title cards and dialogue cards, but most of those movies, you had to say it with mannerisms, with actions, with you know, with, with props and with you know, uh, uh, you know, staging and stuff like that. So you know, to produce a movie back then, yeah, albeit they're ten, fifteen minute, twenty minutes, you know, movies. I'm looking stuff. at the partial filmography, and there are about, there have to be a hundred films on here, right? Between the years of 1911 and 19 what 15, 14, 15. Uh, 16, wow, this really goes on and on. But yeah, she um, she uh, was involved in a lot of movies, and then I really hear that in the movie Chaplin, the Robert Downey Jr. movie, yeah, um, Marissa, Marissa Tomei, Tomei right. plays her. So that was interesting to read. Uh, I mean, if she's big enough that 100 years later, you know, 90 years later, you're having Marissa Tomei, who was just coming off of... Or Tomei. Uh, Tomei, sorry, just coming off of her Oscar, you know, win, and Robert Downey Jr. Before... Was was that before all the shit, or just after all the shit? Uh, that was before. That was before all yeah. the shit, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, so 80-plus years later, you have a major feature star playing her because she was that prominent a person in Chaplin's life. Right. So uh, kudos to Mabel Normand. Um, you know, uh, actually, we do have an excerpt from one of the movies, so if you want to listen. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Could you play that? Yes. All right, awesome. <laughs> she hasn't lost a thing. It's, Fantastic. It still holds up today. You know what? It still holds, holds up. up. You're right. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, so again, how can I be a misogynistic bastard when I pay homage to the pioneering women in comedy? I thought you were going to honor women in comedy by telling your, one of your great women in, in comedy jokes. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> like why do women have such small feet so they can stand closer to the sink? <laughs> so they can stand closer to the sink, you know? So they can stand closer to the divorce lawyer. <laughs> anyway, <What>? speaking... <laughs> Uh, no, we blew the Trump whistle. Um, yeah, we're going to go right on to... Um, sport! Sport! Uh, so, after things didn't work out very well, for me, the first Sunday in February, I swore off, you know, football. And I'm sticking to that. I'm surprisingly sticking to it. Although, every couple days, I get 20 texts saying, Oh my God, Malcolm Butler went to Tennessee. Oh my God. And, and you know, we just, we, the Patriots just lost Deion Lewis. No, you can say we. I know you. The and, Royal and, We. And I know that you, when you say we, you mean we. I do. I really so say do. it and don't spray own it. it. Yeah, own it. Okay. So, but here's, here's the thing, the rabbit hole that I refuse to go down. I guess there was very cryptic Instagram congratulations to Deion Lewis from Gronk and Brady basically saying, good for you for getting out of here. Uh, things down and, and, and one Patriot place are not going well. And again, leading up to the play, before the playoffs started, there was those big articles, you know, the whole, you know, Brady is pissed because he, after, you know, 
a 17-year career, he's still being treated like a rookie by Belichick, who is pissed that Kraft sided with Brady over, you know, the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. And everybody's pissed at Belichick because he gave Jimmy Garoppolo away for a song. Um, and the same thing, I guess Gronk has been very unhappy with the whole, you know, um, um, Brady's mentor there, like Guerrero, mm-hmm. who Gronk was going to, who was told he can't come on the sideline. So all all the palace intrigue that is going on has continued. And again, what did everybody say? Winning heals all wounds. Winning makes all that go away. Um, didn't win. Yeah. Didn't win. Uh, 503 yards, you know, didn't win. Uh, best performance he's had in a Super Bowl, didn't win. And now... It's the drama's getting worse. There's more people exiting Foxborough than coming. I'm still not reading the blogs. I'm not, you know, turning into the sports radio and stuff like that. I tune in for the Bruins games. I'm watching that because you know it's the Bruins, and I, I follow the Bruins uh, a lot harder after the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, and, and luckily, they're they're doing great. But I'm not getting sucked into the rabbit. Surprisingly, so you're not getting misty eyed over Amendola leaving. I look. You mean. You know, I, that was the first one when I heard Amendola leave. And, of course, I'm bummed. I mean, you know, I, I won't go on about how important he's been to the team the last four years, especially this Since year that, without Jules. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and I'm going to say this, and I mean this. Fuck the Patriots. They've lowballed him. He, for the last three years, has gotten a one-year contract, like a one-year contract with a one-year option, and he has taken less money to stay every year. With Jules coming back, hopefully, you know, they weren't offering him half the money Miami was going to pay him. He's proved himself. He won you a Super Bowl. He got you to a Super Bowl. He was great in the Super Bowl. And the fact that you're you're going to lowball him again. And, and, and look, we don't know if Gronk's coming back because he's talked about going to the WWE and retiring. We know we just lost our premier running back, you know, um, Sweet Feet, Deion Lewis. Uh, and, and who really knows? I mean, I expect Jules to come back and be great. But... But you know what? I mean, it's one of those things. It's like when Bork went to the Avalanche all those years ago. Good. The Bruins had fucked him. The Bruins were fucking around. And he won a cup. And he won. Like, like he would have stayed if, if, you know, I won't get into the history of that. But the reason nobody in Boston was upset that Bork went, you know, is, is that. And nobody is upset that Amendola is leaving because he he's done the uh, take the hometown discount year after year after year this is his last contract and the way he plays i mean his concussion and his injury things he more than anybody um the one thing that i will say and I, i'm saying it on the podcast and i mean it i've heard that somebody asked me what do i think of and dominic sue coming to new england now I, who is in dominic sue and dominic sue is a fucking psychopath I mean, truly, he is a psychopath. He played like his first six years with my uh, with with Detroit Lions. He's an he's a defensive lineman. I mean, he's he's been suspended for like you know stepping on quarterback hands after the play. Like the play's over, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, look down and like step on Aaron Rodgers' hand. And he's done that before. He is he has stepped on people's nuts and stuff like that. Like and and he'll try to play it off like oh I was just trying to get up and I tripped over the guy. It's like. Well, the, he was on the other side of the field. You tripped <laughs> over a guy that you ran 20 yards. I mean, he's also one of these overhyped guys. He's one of these, not Bosworth, you know, like a, a bus kind of thing, but he, but he's never won anything. He's never won in Detroit. 
No. Well, you know, in all fairness, <laughs> right? When you tie both his hands behind his back and make him, but play but he, but he is he's a complete psychopath. And like they were saying, like this past year when the Patriots went down to Miami and they lost at the end of the season, it's like don't play Brady or or, or, or get him out of there because Dominic Sue is the kind of guy's like we're out of the playoffs. If I get suspended three fucking games, I don't care. But if I can ruin Brady's career, I'll do it. You know, um, he is a complete psychopath. He is a complete douchebag. He is a bad dude on and off the field. Um, I, I think a lot of people thought I was kidding with my absolute love for the Red Sox for 40 you know, plus years, crying like a baby, crying like a baby in a bar, calling my old girlfriend who was a big Sox fan with me, you know, during the last couple pitches to have her on speakerphone. In 04. In 04. Um, be, because, because I absolutely, but when, when the Red Sox management, like, rightfully, wrongfully, but rightfully showed the door to, to Tito. Um, and then the ownership went in and and butchered him, like completely shamed. I'm like, I'm done. I am done with these assholes. I'm done. And I've never watched a game since. I will not watch a Patriots game if they bring in Dominic Sue. He can fucking take a knee on the flag for all I care. Oh, wow. I'm hearing this like high-pitched squeal. I think I think it might be your wife. Like, I don't know. If they, like I just heard her. I, I heard this disturbance in the force. Sign Sue, sign Dominic Sue. No, I will be. I will. I will be really upset. But I'm not. I'm not following the draft. Like I'll hear how the draft went. You know, I expect them to draft a quarterback in the draft coming back. This this week was free agency, and that' why it was a big frenzy. That's why, in the matter of three days, you had Amendola leave. You had. You know, Malcolm Butler leave, which was a foregone conclusion and stuff. But the whole palace intrigue about like Brady being upset, fuck that. You know, mm-hmm. y- you know, you guys are want get you know, and again, have they have they won? It's all it, it literally is ticker tape parades. All this stuff works out, and now I guess you know, and Tom for us time. There was a cryptic thing like, well, football doesn't have as much meeting now. It's like he's ready to, you know, it's like, okay, you went to the owners and said, get rid of Garoppolo because I'm here until I'm 45. <laughs> you leave before you're 45, Tom Ryan, you know. He went on the Colbert show this week and said basically the same thing that, like, he's not slowing down and, you know. He's uh, he's got a, he's got many more years ahead of him Good. inside him. Right, but Joe had you had sent me the heads up on. I'm like, yeah, I'm not watching. I'm not. I'm not. Like I, I just talked a lot more about it than I thought I would than I wanted to. Surprise! 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 There's much. Why am I doing the Gomer Pile impressions? Yeah, I know you're funnier. Uh, no, you, you know. Uh, but yeah, but I'm not getting in, into the palace intrigue. But I will say, um, NHL playoffs right around the corner. The Bruins are are. Playing absolutely amazing. Um, you're not in a match madness. No, no like yeah. college basketball. But I guess. Oh, you're not. So you, that's right. You're not a degenerate gambler. No, I come from a long line of I, degenerate gamblers. No, I'm not. I'm not the White House aide who was escorted out, and it turned out because he's betting tens of thousands of dollars on games, and wow. they're 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 afraid he's susceptible. Because look, <laughs> if you're in Washington D.C. betting tens of thousands of dollars, you have to be in the casinos to place the bets. In the casinos. <laughs> so he's betting with people who, let's say, uh, you know, you know. They know people. The, 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 the bet knows industry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, I know a guy. A lot of waste management. <laughs> the, it just fell off a truck incorporated. Um, so that's why they escorted him out and they're like, they saw him in the hallway, grabbed him. It's like, I got to go get my coat. No, you don't. Yeah. You're leaving now. But hey, 
got hired the very next day by the re-elect Trump committee because, you know, nothing like surrounding yourself with good oh, people. Shit. Shut up! No, oh! You said the T word, man. I and, did. Um, I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry, Tom. Said- I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, well, that brings us to my favorite time of the week. Sleeping? Oh, God, you have no idea. Uh, well, if I'm going to go to that 31-hour marathon <laughs> in six weeks, I better start prepping you now. snooze during Iron Man 2. Agreed. No, there was, yeah, there was a couple lines. There was a couple lines. Uh, lines. Uh, Gary Shandling was in that. Yes, right, and Senator he, Stern. And, and he had that great line where when he's pinning the, 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 the uh, like, the award. Tony's going to get an award. He's like, well, I only have one request. And it was, you know, a cut to him getting the word from him. And he jams it with it. It's like, yeah, it's funny how much one little prick can hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is great. But, but that yeah, said. Your favorite, I guess, part of this sh- stupid show is the random video game review of the week. So that means I'm going to go over to my video game wall and pick off a game for me to video game for you. I'm happy to go over and get it, but I fear we would have a cherry chase falling moment <laughs> in which I accidentally knock each and every game and piece of memorabilia Hi, off the shelf. from New York. <laughs> All right, let's see what happens. All right. Do, 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 All right, I'm going to do the old do, um, press your do, luck. Do, uh, oh, okay. I'm not looking. I'm waving my hands. Big money, my, big uh, money, big money, no whammies, no whammies. Flashing. Big money, big money, no whammies, no whammies. And stop. All right. You got a Flocati rug. Wow. <laughs> Don't forget to get Pat Country's book. <laughs> I got it. All right. Oh, boy. Yeah, we need somebody with some sort of authority to guide this segment. Uh, oh, uh, I didn't look at it. I almost stupidly oh, looked look at, at it. That. I what? almost looked at it. First podcast? <laughs> oh, my God. So, all right. So, I pulled out a couple of Nintendo tapes a little further out than I expected because they're all jam-packed in there. But it's in the R's, and I have to guess which one it is. You know the gag, right? Um, it's not Road Blasters. It's not RoboCop. I don't think that's the one that's out there. A Rambo, maybe. Uh, what the heck is it? Um, I'm gonna guess uh, Robo Warrior. You wow! I got it. it. Robo Warrior. It's uh, a game I haven't played. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it, Joe! Could you, you then read the back? Because last time it, block, was... it has a Blockbuster video sticker on it. How great is that? <laughs> And some glue. Oh, dude, oh, you are fucked. Well, if you haven't returned that, the overcharge oh is my the God. kind of a blockbuster. <laughs> I know. I, I think, you know, they bought this at the Toys R Us, which is ironic, <laughs> too. Um, yeah, Robo Warrior by Jalico. Um, it, the cover art is this sort of glossy-looking, Battlestar Galactica-looking guy. Um, he's, uh, he's holding a gun with, a, like, a Nerf orange tip <laughs> so that you know that it's not it's not like a real gun like the ones we we're trying to abolish um i don't know i'm guessing it's a, a, a about a warrior robot uh, going out on a limb <laughs> robo warrior uh so let me like, have you and, and and i will i will cop to it right up front i've written book reports <laughs> based on the cover <laughs> oh i mean there's a classic simpsons one where he has to do um treasure island and he goes, it's a, it's about a pirate with a patch over his eye. And um, on the Bart Simpson scale of 1 out of 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, I give this a 9. 
Uh, Bart, would you care to tell us the name of the pirate? Uh... Yeah, and then it's like he, run, he runs through like a Rolodex of like Blackbeard, Captain Ahab, and then he tells the wrong one, and he you know has to sit down. What a nice story, Joe. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> I'm gonna go look up uh, Robo Warrior. Okay. Yeah. Robo Warrior. So if you have played it, what do you think you would have given it based <laughs> on the cover? <laughs> on the Joe scale of one to ten, one being the lowest and ten the highest. I give it two stars, and. Uh, he gives it three and a half stars. I gotta play oh, this fucking yeah, game. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, what's wrong with me? It's an action game. Uh, it was developed by Hudson Stop and uh, uh, published by Jalco. That means a whole lot to everybody. This action title will test the metal of even the hardiest of NES addicts. This top-down side-scrolling maze contest has you guiding Zed, the cyborg, through an apocalyptic world. That, that's a big word for a twelve-year-old. Uh, called. Altiel. <laughs> ah, who gives a fuck? It's a nice game. I mean, I gotta play it. Yeah, but three and a half stars. Well, what are you doing after the podcast? And nothing. I'm gonna play Robo Warrior with Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, is it a one-player game? Yes, it's only a one-player game. Sorry, Jacques. That's okay. If you didn't own that this piece of NES gold, what do you think you'd be shelling out for it in the open market? I think I'd be willing to part with maybe six dollars of my money. Seven ninety four, huh? How about that? Ain't, you know, I was pretty close. Wait, three and a half stars, dude. I know, I know. What's wrong with me? But this, uh, this does have some glue on it, or is it? <laughs> wink. Well, it is a blockbuster, which yeah. you know the story behind how you acquired said said Robo, and that was his whole evil plan. I'm just gonna like at the height of blockbuster. Joe knew the wave of uh, a failure was coming. I know. I, I could smell it a mile away. You know, to be honest with you, I never had growing up like a blockbuster or rental card. You know, because my, you needed a credit card in order oh. to open an account, and my mother did not have a credit card. Like this is the '80s and '90s, and she just did not have a credit card. She believed in like saving her money and spending it, which is crazy. I know. <laughs> well, how do you not spend money you don't have? Thank you. Um, so, <clears throat> you watching any uh, anything good things on uh, other other than your you know uh, your your Wheels of Fortune reruns from the <laughs> '70s? You watching any? Um, any Netflix or uh, anything? What like? was I going to ask you? Uh, have you been? Have you? Are you caught up to date on Just for Laughs? Uh, wrong <laughs> title. Oh damn it! Fuck it, man. What is it? Uh, no, no, okay. What's the first word? It's not just. It's anything. No, it has to do with laughter. It's for laughs. Funny. 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 You should ask. Yes. <laughs> Damn it! I hate this show. I see it almost every day in my house with my mother. You know more it. about it than I do because I never watch it. Oh, because you, you, yeah. I don't know. I don't say because I have a life or I have standards or anything like that. I'm just you, know. you don't have an old Korean woman sitting on the couch for twelve hours who doesn't know how to change the channel. So we get up in the morning, we put it on channel seven, and we call it a day. Yeah, I know. I love channel seven now because it's not an affiliate. It used to be like an NBC affiliate, and now there are nothing. So they play news and they play syndicated shows all day. They're kind of like TV thirty eight. Yeah, they're they're let's, let's or see. channel fifty six. I'm, I'm going to see if I can go through the lineup, um, or, or maybe I'm thinking CBS. What? But she watches Hot Bench. Yep. And then you got Wheel of Fortune. Well, how does Wheel of Fortune? No, Wheel of Fortune. No, Price is right. Price right. is right. Okay, that's Channel Four. Yeah, so that's what you watch. Whatever right. Channel Four is. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, then you have to flip back to seven because I know the midday lineup. I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's good. Who wants to be a millionaire on a twelve thirty? Yeah, she watches that. That's Channel Five. Oh. So she's channel flipping, motherfucker. She's going from four to five to seven because seven carries her in through the afternoon. The other the other day, management you know left the house and 
committed the holy the holy sin. I think it was like like the fourteenth commandment that got busted, where <laughs> the night before she was watching Apple TV and didn't put it back to regular TV. Oh. So her poor mom sat there. So she had to drive from Lexington all the way back home to, to hit the input to button. Hit the input button, you know, <laughs> and she's like, in her, in, you know, that's like the kryptonite for old people. Oh, the, God, fucking damn this. Input button. So what's going to be our input button, Jacques? Well, uh, honestly, here, here's, what, here's what's really sad. It's like the TV in the system we have now, there's a button on it, a big blue button. You can hit the button and say, Channel 7, NBC, you know, the Dinah Shore specials, and it will find it on like YouTube. Where you literally yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just you, you hit the button and it, and it tells you what you want. So, so we might not even have that. Yeah, it, everything will be voice activated and tracked by the NSA. We're all going to be plugged into the Matrix long before the. Oh, we're pretty close. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, honestly, the trajectory we're going. We're plugged in the matrix. Which 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 way do you want to go? You want to be in the Ready Player One world, or do you want to be in this world? I know. Uh, not not a hard decision. But what are you watching? The new Ricky Gervais stand up on Netflix. Uh, don't know the name of it. Doesn't matter. It's just the humanity. new Ricky Gervais. Humanity. Fucking fantastic. You know uh, what? What little I told you about it. Um, instead of going with the the humble. Self-deprecating, he's going the absolutely other way. It's like, oh, so um, I'm at my house, which is huge, which is fabulous, which is, you know, you're never going to live in a house like this. Anyways, and then he goes on, and, and the best thing about it is, you know, Joe and I, with our management, have both, uh, you know, gotten to arguments before or discussions which in my case turned into lecture series about like, you know, the norms of the past and how we're not supposed to whatever. Um, and he goes well out of his way to say, it's a fucking joke. A joke is a joke and you can be, you can laugh at a joke. And if you can't laugh at a joke, then you're really fucked because if you can't laugh at a joke, then you might as well, you know, tie the noose around your neck, pull the car in the garage, let the engine purr your sleep, you know, however you want to. You know, what's funny about not laughing at jokes um, that's an ironic statement. But do you know what's funny about that is that you, in order to appreciate a joke, I think you have to appreciate the irony that goes along with it. You have to realize that the joke is being told, and if, it's, if it seems offensive, it's being told from a perspective of they are purporting for this sort of joke to be a truth. Where, in fact, we know it to be a falsehood. But do you know what I mean? So it's the old switch where, like, you know, you can say that this stereotype is this, or, you know, this is why this because of the stereotype. And I know you perpetuate, yes, you're kind of perpetuating stereotypes a lot with a lot of humor, but you're also commenting on the stereotype. You're also addressing the stereotype. You're also talking about the stereotype and also pointing out how foolish those stereotypes are in the context of a joke. You know what I mean? Like, you can't. You, you know that the old saying, it's easier to catch flies with honey than it is with vinegar. If you can point out the atrocity of something with a joke, it kind of softens the blow. It's not like coming out and saying, well, this is wrong, and I think this is wrong, and this is a bad stereotype, and this is, you know, we shouldn't be doing this, we shouldn't be doing this. Granted, that's one way to do it, but then the other way to do it, to, get, to catch the attention of... Maybe those who aren't willing to listen to somebody yelling at them that this is wrong. Maybe showing them through a joke 
that these types of stereotypes are incorrect. And doesn't it sound ridiculous when I make this type of joke? You're laughing because you know it to be false, but I'm purporting it to be true, as if I were believing in this. You know, so I'm, I'm dancing around this, and I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe overanalyzing comedy at this point, but Jacques, tell an offensive joke. Oh man! Uh, I hate to put you on the spot. Any offensive, any offensive joke? And, and, wow. Okay. Uh, um, uh, there, there, there's two zebras, and one of them is talking to the other. Like, are we white with black stripes, or are we black with white stripes? And he goes, well, "I'll go ask Grandpa." And he goes and comes back, and he goes, "Grandpa says we're white." Well, how do you know? How does Grandpa know? He says, "Because we are what we are." He goes, "Well, how does that make us white?" He goes, "If we were black, he would have said we is what we is." Okay. See now, now let me deconstruct that joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, the stereotype is that black Americans don't have proper grammar, okay? Now, it's funny because we know that that's not true, that most, you know, people of both sides, either white or black, have bad grammar. But the stereotype... Have you seen my spelling? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jacques would be the first one. <laughs> yeah, If the punchline were, if we were Jacques, we would have said, it is what we is. And it would have been just as funny. No, I would have said we are what we are, but it would have been spelled R. <laughs> right. With a, it would have been the Toys R Us R. R, right. Thank you. <laughs> Which, how I have that on my keyboard is just <laughs> fucked. I think your computer just learned <laughs> to spell the R backwards. But do you know what I mean? So you put out there that if you're a knowledgeable person, and then there is danger in that because if you're telling jokes that to somebody who's a fucking idiot or who is a racist or who is a misogynist, they're rooting for the Archie Bunker. You know what I mean? So they're, they may also think, okay, well, maybe it's okay to act like this because Archie's acting like this. Or because Ricky Gervais is saying it, I can say cunt. You right. know? Right. And, well, okay, granted, he's from England. It means a little bit something different there. But we have to sort of know that, okay, he's saying these things, A, to, you know, bring attention to the fact that it is bad. Like, you're not supposed to be... Like, you shouldn't go out there and be Ricky Gervais in real life. He's doing an act. This isn't real. And to call people out on Twitter for trying to be funny... Granted, there are people who go too far or say stupid shit. And it's, and it's their right to call people out and say stupid shit. But you want to talk about the one offensive thing that Ricky Gervais talked about? Yeah, in his yeah. Act. There, 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 there's a festival in place in Asia where they eat dogs. And look... I know everyone's like, oh, my God, eating dogs, that's horrible. You know, dogs aren't looked at the same way around the world. I mean, you know, Indians look at, like, you know, people eating cows like it's sacrilege. So it is what it is. But in this festival... Like, or at R, so in this festival, unfortunately, what some people believe is that if a dog is tortured before it's eaten because of the adrenaline, because of the endorphin, whatever is given off, while you abuse it, it actually makes it, you know, taste better. It's sick. I know. It's barbaric. And there was two people torturing a dog to death. And Ricky Gervais says, look at this beautiful animal being tortured to death by these two cunts. And somebody, you know, tweets them back saying, did you have to use that language? Yeah. Like, that's what you zeroed in on, you know? It's just sort of like big picture atrocity, small offensive word. You know, uh, but it is. The whole special is about that. And, yeah. And, you know, that's the other thing. It's like people forget, you know, with a Ricky Gervais. We have no idea what Ricky Gervais is like. I mean, and, and, and like I said to Joe, it's like like last week, I do. I hate sounding like the name-dropping guy. But 20 years, I got to hang out and be friends with a lot of celebrities. Um 
It was it was funny because Joe and I went out with management after last week's podcast, and she mentioned who's the celebrity that she mentioned that you're like you never told me you knew him. Oh, oh, I was it no? Who was it? Was it? It wasn't like Gary Shandling or something. Yes, it was Gary oh, Shandling. Okay. We met him, and I'm not going to get into the whole Hollywood douchebag story. But yes, I spent an evening joking around with Gary Shandling. Completely forgot about it, but. I got to play hockey, and, and you know Biff got to play hockey with him for a while, and John and All Star with Mike Myers. He was a regular. Uh, Mike Myers might be the quietest person I've ever met in my life. Very, very sweet, very nice. I think he felt really comfortable because because there was a few people who gave a shit, but most people didn't give a shit who he is. He is not Austin Powers. He is not Wayne, you know, and if you and people literally forget, like Ricky Gervais might not use the word cunt. Around the house with his wife. I don't know. He doesn't have single, kids. Yeah, you know. I think he's a single. No, guy. no. He's been, he's been oh, with he the married? same woman since eighty two. See, I didn't know that. Who, Do you know why? Who has he a, written like 12, 14 best selling books? Oh my, something God. like that. Right. But they've been together since like the early eighties, and they don't have kids, uh, which is part of the stand up. But you know, okay. um, it's really great. I would watch it. But yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it is when people take things too personally. But he did. He he had a whole thing about. Much more eloquent than than I can definitely do about and definitely what uh, more eloquent. It's a than fucking joke. Yeah, it's it, it's a joke. Like you know, my management is Asian, uh, so of course she's a woman. She's Asian. She can't drive. Well, when in reality, when we lived, at, you know, at one of the houses we lived in, right by the beach, beach parking was a bitch, man. And it's like I, you know, I depending on what side of the street we had to park on, and I would get home from hockey at like two in the morning. I can't look over one of my shoulders because of surgery. It really hurts for me to put my arm up and look over the shoulder if I'm back in. I would go in the house and get her to parallel park. I mean, I mean, so the, the you know, I can make all the jokes I want about Asian women drivers, but she can parallel park a lot better than I can in that. Like thing, a mofo. You know, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, it, it's like when people want to be upset about, you know, like you said, like, you know, is that really the, 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 the big picture here? Is this really what we're, you know? And no, we shouldn't be perpetuating stereotypes but at the same time we shouldn't be ignoring these things these ugly things in this world um and and we should be calling out how ridiculous they are and probably maybe share a laugh in how ridiculous they are and knowing that these things are bad and that we you know we don't act like this in real life this is that that everything you see on tv everything you see, most of the things you see on twitter or on the internet um they're all it's all like like Shakespeare said. All the world's a stage, and we're merely actors. And then, of course, he said it better than that, and probably in better English. But none of it's real. Like, don't act like this in real life to other people, to each other. I mean, you pick your battles. It's like when Biff was here, or or in the locker room, real locker room talk. And you saw what locker room talk with Biff and I. The worst thing I'd say the worst things about Japanese people to Biff. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, and knowing that it's like. You know, and, and I don't have to explain. He knows, and all, all the friends know. It's like, yeah, there are stereotypes. You know, one one of our guys from hockey, a really good friend, the epitome of Jewish lawyer. And he, if you want a good Jewish lawyer joke, you call guy, and he will roll off his favorite twenty of them. Yeah, there, there, there's a difference between yes, there are stereotypes. Stereotypes are based on something, and if you're not afraid to, you know, to laugh it off. You know, it's like, and here's the thing: it's like the last stereotype that is that is appropriate or that isn't looked down upon is, is drunken Irish. Because today, you know, mm -hmm. very appropriate. How many people like it's a badge of honor to be throwing up by six p.m. tonight? Yeah, I know. And again, maybe in 
30 years, maybe our children won't, will look at our humor and go, wow, that's like blackface, you know? <laughs> Honestly, they could be looking... Yeah. All the way from Alabama. <laughs> they could be looking at us like, you know, wow, talk about, like, we, what, what assholes, what fucking, like, unaware, you know, sanctimonious assholes. Like, they think that they're, you know, high, holier than thou, and they think they got their shit together, but in reality, they're just assholes. Well, it, it's funny, Joe and I, we, we, we were talking about the Man Show earlier uh, before recording, and you were saying, like, like Jimmy Kimmel did a blackface, did a Carl Malone, and that's probably the last time that there was an acceptable right. like blackface thing. And and I, you know, I'll dig it up because it's like now it's one of those <laughs> things where my kids see it. Like it, I'm gonna say it was ninety seven, ninety eight. Don't do it, man. I'm doing a comedy show, and I create a here. I I create a character called Mel Otto, a Siamese twin, half black and half white. I was a black guy only because I didn't know any black guys. It was like we had no budget, we had absolutely nothing, and I did. I I mean, I found other actors by putting things out there, um, and and I look back and I think. Oh my God! Out of context, like if you see that kiss, that's not going to be your Twitter avatar. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, and it was it was the most racist thing ever. Like to be fair, he was wearing purple face, purple, deep, yeah, deep it was, dark purple face, but the wig. The way I had was pretty epic, you know. And and one of the skits, like you know, the 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 gay white half was upset because he didn't make the basketball team, but I did. You know, I mean, it was just, I mean, stupid. But anyways, yeah. so so Ricky Gervais on Netflix, parenting tip, Joe. <clears throat> um, don't do Ricky Gervais routines in front of your kid. <laughs> Mine is, and I put it on the sheet. I'll read it verbatim. Uh, when life gives you lemons. You make a Luigi cast. Uh, I showed Joe the clip. Maybe I'll... Look, if two people write to Facebook or to Twitter asking for the clip, I'll put it up there. Um, So I I broke the foot last week, and I had to go to the orthopedic this week, um, and and they they cast it. My foot was swollen up still so much, so I got to go next week and get another cast. And the guys had 10 different color tapes, and he's like... And what color cast you make? You want to make it green for St. Patrick's Day? I'm like, yeah, sure. What the hell? Um, I'm Cuban. Why not? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so, uh, but then, like, management said, so, oh, we should should have put blue there and make it look like Luigi. And the guy's like, jump back up. Joking, because I'm not jumping. Get back on the table. He puts, you know, blue stripes. And then management goes the extra mile, goes to the store to get white medical tape just to put the L on it. And, and, and Joe, you saw the tape. Was that was that a stellar parenting moment? It was. I mean, you said it yourself. You don't need to give him any more Christmas presents. You could just play that tape of him flipping out over you having a Luigi-styled cast on your foot. Um, it was magical, and it was actually very heartwarming, and I kind of hate you for it, because I've never done anything so sweet for my children. Uh, honestly, all I had to do was break my ankle in three places to have my seven-year-old love me. So, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, shitty stuff happens, find a way to spin it, you know, he absolutely loved it, but truly, never, never react like that but if if two people tweet and say or or facebook can say hey post that clip i will happily post a clip and by the way i want to congratulate jock on uh, on soldiering on for two straight podcasts with a broken foot um if it rains out i would if it was raining out and i had to go to your house i wouldn't i would call (laughs) the podcast but yeah you know what Uh, i'm not gonna make it you know my tires are kind of balding i don't know if i'm gonna make it you know this is like a a zillimeter of wetness on the ground but Jacques, to his credit, even today, 
His, uh, he was at a, a party with some friends uh, earlier this afternoon, knew that uh, we had a limited window in which we could do the podcast, and but he had no ride. So what did he do? He called an Uber with his family and came over, and most of his family, um, and came over and, and limped, down, uh, scooted his butt down our my basement stairs. Not humbling at all. No, no, and I won't be posting that video on Twitter someday. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, congratulations to Jacques on just, you know, soldiering on. Like he says, uh, a broken foot is far from the heart, you know? And don't forget. <laughs> and what, Jacques? And don't forget...